Good morning, Fetchies, or very possibly good afternoon, or very possibly good evening. I think that covers everything, doesn't it? Good night. Good night. Good night, Fetchies. No, it feels like we should say that at the end. Should we say that at the end? Oh. Um, anyway, it's episode 107 of the Fetch Everyone Weekly Podcast. Fetch Everyone is a free website for runners, cyclists, swimmers, and everyone else. Some websites put their best features behind a paywall. We don't do that. Everything is free for everyone. Ooh, who do you think that was then, Katie? Well, it's that that kind of Scottish slash... You detected a Scottish accent there, did you? <laughs> Mainly, but obviously I was going to go into the nuances, but if you're not interested, then I won't bother. Oh, no, please. Sorry. Uh, I felt that there was some maybe some Germanic influences in the background. Yeah. To me, it sounded very much like the masked fetchy in, in their non-singing voice. Do you I th- think? I think you're just trying to stir the pot. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is very possible, but I mean, I don't know. Some people seem really interested in, in who the masked fetchy is. Aren't Some they? people aren't do. Aren't too interested? They are very interested. Yeah. Anyway, so who do you think it was, Fetchies? Um, we thought it was quite a recognisable voice, but um, that's probably because we've we've heard him quite a bit. Mm. Um, but I met would... him. Yes, indeed. We won't say where in case that gives it away or anything like that. I don't know. If we say it was a wedding, would it give it away? I don't know. I expect there's going to be a lot of people just sort of shrugging their shoulders and going, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. But anyway, so welcome, one and all, um, and here we are. And Katie, where are you today? I'm here. That's good. Mm, I am yeah. here. So you had a good week then, princess? Oh, don't call me that. <laughs> Sorry. Do not. Right. Okay ever call me that I, for the record i don't ever call you that except for what i want to just gently tease you yeah but that but um yeah. yeah i had a good week i did i did lots of twos um i did two runs two swims two yogas and then i let myself down on the walking by doing 24 miles so it's always a good day when you do lots of twos well, it all feels very re- nice and comfortable, doesn't it? Yes, it does. We should have put the brown triangle warning up. <laughs> so, the walking includes a very massive long one, doesn't it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even trying. It just came out. Oh. <laughs> oh. Help me. Okay. The walking was an amazing walk, actually. I'd planned to do my half marathon walk this weekend, and I had company for most of it, um, and uh, with two people, well, actually a person and a dog. Um, so wine legs and, and dog came with me this weekend. I did the first little bit on my own, and I'd done this little loop that started, if you know Bedford, in a park called Mosbury Park, and it was a little loop that kind of um, just kind of went through the woods, up yes. over the hill, back down again to um, Mosbury uh, Golf Club, right by the driving range, and then back down to Mosbury Park, where I picked up Wine Legs and, and Doggy. And I'd been sitting waiting for, for Wine Legs, drinking coffee and eating a banana and watching a massive group of 
school age deer getting ready to go off hiking from the mm. same point that we were going from and was just imagining how many times we might cross their paths um <laughs> and um the, the teachers were sort of gently kind of and, and also not so gently sort of trying to get them with their rucksacks on and facing in the right direction and all of those things um and we did actually bump into them quite a few times on, on our walk, um, but not as many as I'd imagined and not so many yeah. times that it was annoying. Um, it would have been tempting to count them at the start, just to, like, so, and then count them each time you see them, like ducklings. Just well, to there see were several different groups. So I don't think we right. even, we bumped into, I think, three or four different groups of them in yeah. different points of our route, but I think each time it was a completely different group. Yeah. So counting them would have been no use. Um, the the adult in charge of the group um, in Renhold, this was towards the end of our walk. So um, I did about 2.7 or something like that on my own, 2.7 miles on my own. And then um, my walk with wide legs was supposed to be 10, but mm. because of various little troubles that we had with paths not being obvious we ended up doing 11 together yeah. um but the group that we met in Renhold which is probably about a mile and a half before we we finished that adult looked the most ragged <laughs> not surprisingly yeah. and she was like can we just move off the path and the kids were still sort of full of beans and being I, I imagine quite mm. quite tough to handle they didn't put enough weight in their rucksacks I reckon if they yeah, they were. I think they were waiting for a lift at that point because mm. they just seemed to be standing around. But anyway, but the walk was great. I I'd planned the route on the OS app, which I'm loving. Mm. Um, the only really annoying thing that happened was that um, I'd loaded the the route onto my watch, and I really love following the route on the watch. It does have its, it does have a little bit of an issue every now and again if you're because it's literally just a line and an arrow, so you. It tells you when you're off the route, but you have no other markers to tell you where you are in space. So if things aren't going quite right or you can't mm. see the footpath or whatever, it is useful to have the actual map on your phone. But if you look at the map on your phone too much, your phone battery just dies. Yeah. Um, so the only annoying thing that I did was that we were, we'd just gone through a real massive patch of nettles and I think I must have poked my watch and accidentally paused it mm. and then I had a, just a brain fart is the only thing I can say because instead of resuming I stopped it and saved it and that was it that was then it for my navigation on my watch I didn't really know if I reloaded the route would it want me to go back to the beginning like a sat nav and you know make a u-turn at the next wheat field yeah. I don't know but anyway I didn't do that I just started a new route so then I was having to refer to my phone which did drain so it did drain my battery and Winelegs's battery too um but that was a minor annoyance um there was a slightly scary moment with the dog as well where we both nearly had heart attacks but all was well um and other than that it was just beautiful we were just walking around really really stunning countryside mm. um kind of to the north of Bedford um yeah, mainly north, maybe northeastish. Um, and we had this moment where we were walking along, um, looking for landmarks because we were up quite high. And 
both completely disorientated, I think, because we couldn't quite get it into our heads that those were the actual Cardington hangers and that was the pyramid pool in that direction because we just we just didn't quite understand where we were in space, I think. Um, right. But yeah, it was a really, really good walk. Really enjoyed it. I am a bit sore still on one of my legs, um, which I'm not sure is down to that walk or down to the run that I did on Thursday. But anyway, it's minor, I think. Yeah. A couple of little things. For the benefit of the tape, it is possible to plot your route on Fetch Everyone. And the the OpenStreetMap has a pretty good set of um, footpaths on there. Um, but there's no denying, is there, that the OS maps are the absolute pinnacle, I think, of, of, of detail. Um, and the other thing was, was the nettles. Um, and mm. there are... They're a pain, aren't they? But I remember one time I ran down to Millennium Country Park to do the park run. Um, so there's about uh, six or seven miles to, to run. And there was a patch where I either had to make a massive many, many miles diversion or just run through about 20 metres of nettles. And I was really tempted to go the long way around, but in the end I did. And then for the whole of the rest of that park run, then my, my legs were just gently mm, like that and, and feeling quite quite strange. Yeah. So one of the patches of nettles that we went through was pretty essential to get to get through to a point because it, I think even going back from that first point and, and we'd, we'd wandered around this field trying to find the uh, footpath post, we eventually found it very hidden and, and sort of surrounded by nettles and I managed to do a technique where I was sort of like swiping the nettles sideways and standing on them and very carefully sort of clearing a path through and then the next one we could have actually just not bothered going through it and we could have gone along a driveway and then rejoined our path further along a road kind of like a right angle triangle so instead of taking the diagonal across the field we could have done the, the right angle um, but I get quite fixated on following the route. I mean, if I if I can't, I absolutely can't. Or the field is ridiculous. Like another point, we did a, we did another right angle triangle moment because we came to a field. It had just been ploughed. It looked like ankle breaking territory, and we could see that we could take the corner of the field instead of the diagonal of the footpath, mm. and it made perfect sense to do that. So, yeah. But in general, I'm really enjoying sort of sticking to the course and kind of putting that together as a puzzle as we as we walk and just yeah. really enjoying it. You never um, know what you're going to get to you as well. I mean, in terms of no. views, in terms of animals, uh, all of yeah. it. I think, um, like, next time we go, and if I see a good stick, I'm going to pick it up. Right. Because a stick to would be... with. Not for, like, you know, walking assistance in in terms of moving along but just for nettles and stuff like that because you can just yeah smack them that would have worked i mean the second um, set of nettles i sacrificed my waterproof and put that over the top of them and and stamped on them because they were so thick yeah um so yeah. i was grateful that i didn't need my waterproof again because it was very muddy after i'd done that and that was the other part of the 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 route was it was very um it was the perfect conditions for collecting mud on the bottom of your shoes mm. Um, it was that just that perfect consistency for sticking and sticking and sticking until you felt like you were wearing a pair of very heavy wedges. Mm. Um, so we had that happen several times, um, but it's all good training. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you, 
you know, 26 miles for you in September and you just don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. So. I mean, I, I'm assuming in terms of route-wise, I'm not going to have the sort of faffing around trying to find the route. I'm assuming it will be sort of more straightforward, but I have no idea. Mm. Um, well, you should... Mm. Hopefully, if they tell you, you can convert it into GPS, get it on your watch. Yeah, I need to find out where they're at with race packs because they were going to send those out and then they delayed it till September. So, um, yeah, I need to find out um, about that. But um, the other thing we talked about while we were walking uh, was our swimming. Good segue. And um, we were talking about... um, sort of technique and things because I'm considering getting some one-to-one coaching and Winelegs mentioned that she'd noticed a couple of things with my stroke or actually she mentioned that she'd noticed one very specific thing which was to do with the position of my hand as it goes into the water so that was really useful and then I mentioned the fact that maybe my cadence is a bit low and Winelegs agreed with that Mm -hmm. as well Um, so anyway the next day absolutely shattered after my half marathon walk I went to the lake and swam a mile and put these things into practice. So attempted a better hand position and attempted a, a bit of a faster cadence. And I did my fastest swim this year. Excellent. So that was really nice. So um, Sometimes I find that just going out there with the intent of like, you know, just trying to give it your best shot as opposed to just going out there to run. Um, makes the difference in terms of how you do it's quite surprising yeah that's true um but it was also surprising to me how i felt different when i was trying to do the different hand position i'd be really interested to know whether i was actually doing it because um i I didn't have anyone there to witness me (laughs) trying the new thing and um it's it is yeah it's it's hard to know really Good, well done. Mm, thank you. Yeah. Um, I'm just sorry if I'm sounding a bit distracted, but I've just looked at your last three swims and the cadence for the most recent one that you did was the highest of those three. So you had yeah. a 60 strokes per minute. Oh no, that's got to be, I think that's been doubled. I think it's 30 strokes a minute, sounds more. Is that, is that um, a good figure? When you're saying strokes, are you saying each individual arm or are you talking about that that's the whole problem with cadence is that the cyclists like a whole revolution of the the pedals to count as one mm-hmm. whereas runners tend to prefer the number of footfalls so yeah um and and the watch reports um the number of complete rotations so the watch for um running and cycling reports complete rotations so i have to double it for uh runners and leave it as it is for for cyclists and i obviously need to sort it out for swimmers because i think based on like pool stuff i think cadence of like in the 30s is right more fitting for certainly where we're at i don't know okay but anyway well looking looking at my sunday the 16th versus my Sunday the 23rd swim so they're comparable because it's the same lake Mm. it's the same sort of time of day Um, Sunday the 16th I did 43 minutes and 13 seconds Um, and I had a 21 second rest in between the two laps 
Um, and then yesterday, although the distance looks different, it isn't different. It's just because my GPS had a, a wibble. Um, 39.58 versus 43 something. So it's a, a big change. Quite um, yeah. uh, I did have a, what looks like a 44 second rest between those two laps. Mm. Um, yeah. And, and each lap was under 20 minutes, which is for me is, is good. That's good so, going. So it's a good threshold to be under. Yeah, definitely. Excellent. Anyway, that's enough about me. I've gone on a bit. What about you? It's all right. I don't mind when you talk about stuff. I like it. Um, I had an absolutely smashing week for running. Um, so I've been tending so far to do my longer runs on a Tuesday. So for the last few weeks, I've been doing my longer runs on Tuesday. If anybody's buying me on Trader, that's a that's a good little insider tip there. Um, so I did 10 miles, 10.1 miles on Tuesday. And that was my longest run since mid-February. So I hurt my calf on the 2nd of March um, during a tempo run. Um, so I'm, I'm just really pleased to have got back into double digits there. Um, and, uh, yeah, it went well. I got rained on for about, a, about a mile. Um, but thankfully my, uh, my nipples survived, um, which is not always a given. Mm. Um, so that's good. And, and then, um, I had two more runs in the week. So 5.3 on Thursday morning, I got up before the boy and, um, went exploring. So I ran up to Toten Sidings. And then across a few fields, which is a bit unusual for me. I'm, I'm sort of more of a tarmac boy. Um, and across the, the tram line, there's a tram that goes from Toten into Nottingham. Um, so I saw the, like the early morning tram go by and, um, and I got a nice picture of the tracks, um, after checking both ways. Um, yeah, and, and it was, it was lovely and, and, I have this sort of working theory that for every new path that you try, you get three offshoots that reveal themselves. That's my that's my sort of rule of thumb for, for exploring new paths. Hmm. So I'd be interested to know if anybody else has experienced the same ratio. I mean, obviously, if you just go on the path for like about 10 metres and turn around and come back, hmm. that's probably not going to happen to you. But if you if you give it a good go... That's my guess. I did try and do it, but um, my path definitely came to a very sort of definitive stop and there was no getting through without injury or wading. So Okay, on your run or on your walk? No, it was, um, yeah, no, it was on a, walk, uh, a run actually. <laughs> and I, I was trying to get through the, our path that we just walked with the dogs this morning at the end and I just couldn't get through. There was just no way through to the Cardington Road that I could find, so. Yeah, I think, I think <clears> it's a little bit harder... When you're running, you, you've got to sort of make a, it's like a momentum shift that you know where you're going and then all of a sudden you've got to, you know, make that decision and commit to, to where you're going. Whereas with the walking, you've got, it's mm. easier to stop and go, hang on a minute, where does this one go? Let's have a little look or something. Yeah, I do mm. agree with that, but this path wouldn't have mattered whether I was, what, what, what I was doing, there was no way through. Yeah, yeah. Just definitely. Yeah. Wading, though, that sounds like a, a, mm. bit, of a yeah. bit of a killer. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
And then um, Saturday morning, again, it was another really nice early one. I'm enjoying the really early ones. Um, I went and ran up the nearest, nearest biggest hill that I could find. Mm. Um, so across towards Dale Abbey, which we might have mentioned in the podcast uh, about a month ago. Um, and it was pretty awesome. Um, I'm, I was quite pleased that I don't have any recollections of feeling really sort of uncomfortable going up the hill. I mean, it was, it was hard work, mm. I think, but I don't remember it feeling like super bad. Um, that's good. And I think the, just to give you an idea of the scale of it, yeah, it was about a, a hundred meters climb in the space of about a mile and a half. So, um, I'm not sure what that compares to in, in Bedford. I'm not sure there is no. much locally. No. Um, but yeah, it was awesome. And then, and then you're out into these lovely fields um, and just peacefulness, really. Mm. Lovely. Mm. Yeah. No, oh, that's good. Cool. So, about, uh, I think, 21.5 miles. So, pretty happy with that overall. And touch wood, my legs are feeling all right. Um, but I'm feeling like the walking. Uh, on the on the days when I don't run is a really helpful part of mm. um, the recovery. Um, gets everything moving and yeah. it gives me a chance to have a good listen to my legs as well. So yeah. if they're feeling a bit tight or whatever, then I know. Um, so yeah, all good, really pleased. Good, well done. Yeah. We got any comments from users this week? We have, we've got a few. Um, so I finally got the kayak canoe thing right. Um, I know you were still doubting, but um, the canoe is the big one. Uh, the canoe is the big one? The canoe is the big one? Is this still correct? Um, and um, um shows us some fabulous wild garlic pictures. I mean, even more extensive than the wild garlic that we found on the Isle of Wight. Absolutely amazing in a wooded area near him. Um, and also confirmed the size of the Mona Lisa to be 77 centimetres by 53 centimetres. And in fact, the Bayo Tapestry to be 70 metres by 50 metres. 70 metres? Yes, it's very, very long. That's a whopper. Yeah, that's why you have to queue to go around it. Because yeah. you're kind of like... Like that. Sorry, for the, for the benefit of the tape, I just mimed people queuing yeah. with my pencil. Um... And yeah, that's probably about it. Lots of thank yous and, and positive comments and people loving the interviews and the contributions and all of that stuff. So thank you. We love getting your comments yeah. and hearing what you think and little spin-off conversations as well. Always good. People trying to decide whether Fenland Flyer is uh, encouraging, threatening or, yeah. you know, or what to, to get people to, to add, uh, add further contributions. But... We've got one coming up later, so Lovely. Um, I'll tell you more about that in a little while. Um, so that's good. So uh, site features. Yeah. Um, we uh, obviously... I thought you were going to want me to do the site features this week. I wouldn't know where to start. <laughs> well, okay. What, what one thing can you uh, suggest that I've done this week? Oh, God. <laughs> Okay, I'll save you from that. Yeah. Um, so the walking stuff is all live now. I think I put that live on... Uh, the walking colour, that's oh. one thing you've done. Yeah. Yes, purple. that's right. It's purple. 
Um, so that is everywhere now, and there's a whole bunch of extra stuff. I wrote a blog about it, so if you want to know what kind of extra walking analysis you can do, pop into my blog and have a look, and that's a really good place to start. Um, but do explore, and if there's something that we're still not doing for walking or for anything on the site, if you go to the um, help button, and there's an option on there called suggest a feature. Yeah. Um, do have a little look through what's already there. Um, you can filter it by keyword as well. So if you wanted to add a walking feature, you could type the word walk into the box and see all the other features that mention the word walk. Um, and if there's something that you want the site to do that it isn't currently doing, um, then add a new feature and people can vote for it or against it. And I, that's so helpful for me to to guide where I'm going. Um, and when I added the um, the walking stuff, I got to close about six or seven different features all in one hit, which felt pretty nice. So should I put my feature suggestion in, or is that just something that is going to happen in time with the graphs? Because I that was one thing I was looking at this morning is the graphs, the training graphs. So I was looking to bring a a walking graph into the forefront of my training log. Yeah. And when I went to look, there actually isn't the option to have a walking graph. So shall I suggest it as a feature or are you just going to do it anyway in it's, time? It's probably really good if you do put it in as a feature because it means that I don't forget it. I, I like my head is like a, a wandering headless chicken um, of ideas. And um, it just goes to show how that purple has got into my head, though, in terms of my obviously my training log, because just looking at the graph page, the first thing I thought was, oh, there's no purple. Yeah. So so that's a definite thing that I sort of noticed this morning. Yeah. So I was adding up my weekly walking distance um, on my calculator. I have now been shown how I can look at that on the calendar view, but I very rarely have the calendar view up on my training log. Yeah. So just for so people know where you are looking at, so it's the training homepage, and if you're looking at it on the desktop with a nice wide view, then over on the right there's a set of graphs that you can scroll through, and um, we've got loads of running, cycling, swimming, and some cross-training ones. Yeah. Um, but there's a whole corresponding set of walking ones that I need to put in. Um, yeah. And to answer your question, it's great if you can put it in because in mm -hmm. as a feature because um, people can vote for it as well. So I can see what's the like the gonna help the most people. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And the other big thing that has gone down on the site this week is the rainbow shirts. Um, and um, so you've got until midday on the first of June and to get your pre-order in so if you want a rainbow shirt or vest then um, get your order in um, it's great if you can pay straight away but if you need to wait for a payday or um, you know rummaging down the sofa for coins or whatever if you need to get your your stuff together when it comes to the payment just let me know just send me a feedback Mm. Um, cause I get like a certain number of orders come in and then I, I think it's about 95% of people just pay, but there's 5% who don't pay. And then I just need to chase <clears> them <throat> up before I put the order in then. So because I don't know like whether they've changed their mind or 
whether or not they just think, thinking, oh, I'll, I'll just pay that soon. Um, yeah. So I always want to try and get the exact number when I when I place the order because it means I don't have any sort of leftover stuff to deal with. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just about that. So midday first of June. That's Tuesday because the Monday is back holiday. Okay. Get your orders in. I know you've literally just explained how to do this, but I already can't find where I put a suggestion in. Okay. So um, can you see the help option? Help, yeah. Click help. Suggest a feature, okay. Yeah. And cool. Yeah, cool. So there's a, a few in there that... Um, so the yellow ones are the ones that you haven't voted on, so you can vote up or vote down. Mm. Or just vote meh if you're not bothered one way or another. That's my site features for this week. Okay, cool. So have you got any highlights this week? Yes, I have, actually. There's a thread that I bumped... Um, back a couple of days ago, and it's called the Fetch Emporium. And it was first created by Fal back in the first lockdown. And uh, her idea was to try and find a way to promote some of the um, the small businesses that people have. Um, and in Fal's case, um, she produces lovely artwork. Um, and, but there's various other fetchies as well who produce other cool stuff. Um, so I bumped that and I thought maybe we could have some kind of a page where we might be able to feature some of their products. Um, and if you click on a product, it'll take you through to that person's business website. And then it's up to you then whether you buy something from them or not. Um, so we're kind of like, we're not saying, guaranteeing it or endorsing anything um itg suggested that i was very strong on my my disclaimer mm. um so yeah it could be awful um but it probably won't be because um they seem like really awesome people um so the idea is just to sort of build up a little collection so go and check out that thread if you if you sell stuff um raise your hand and and let us know and we'll try and get you included and if you buy stuff stick it on your watch list yeah there's only two links on there at the moment which is oh, for fal and sombrero um but i'm sure we've got more fetches out there that do things and sell things so that would be great if we can get um more people up there um and yeah i've i've seen your little interchange with itg about um admin fees and things like that and this the site isn't planning at all to charge anyone fees for links through to their sites this is just literally to try and boost any fetchy businesses especially if they're in their early stages yeah um, and fetch is a small business so yeah you know let's stick together well I, I love hearing when small businesses are doing really well and that's why and without any discussion beforehand um we haven't planned this i've actually highlighted sombrero's blog today um and his blog is great in general, but today, um, the, the most recent one is really lovely because he's now busy enough with his art that he can plan to give up part of his other paid work and go part time. So he's actually um, doing that right now, which is or starting to plan towards it, which is wonderful. Um, and I make um, no secret of the fact that I love both Sombrero and Fowl's artwork, and I've got plenty of it here in the house. So well done, guys. And yeah, if we can get that 
um, that thread a little bit more busy, that would be wonderful. Yeah. Um, I yeah. posted a picture of um, the Fetch office on um, Instagram the other week and it was noticeable to me when, you know, you, you just, it's, you're so sort of staring at your monitor the whole time that mm. when you step back, um, I realised just how much stuff from the two of them we've mm. got decorating the office. Yeah. Um, that's nice. Yeah. No, it's cool. Very talented people. I was asked if I would do a commission with my knitting and I just said no because the problem with hand knitting things is that in terms of hourly rate, um, I'd either have to charge a couple of hundred pounds for my socks um, or pay myself the hourly rate of about 30 pence or something. So, yeah, it's not really practical. And anyway, I like just doing it for fun. Yeah. Yeah, my um, my mum says the same thing. She she never knits to order. She always just does what you know feels like the the nice thing to do. Yeah, that's cool. We've got a contribution from uh, someone who has, by the sounds of it, attended an event, which is pretty exciting. So gather round your earpieces um, because autumn leaves is at the tour of Merseyside. Hello, fetchies. It's Autumn Leaves here. I thought I'd tell you a little bit about um, the tour of Merseyside, which I'm currently training for. Um, I should have taken part in it last year, but of course, like everything else, it was cancelled. It does look as if it's going to go ahead this year. So uh, currently I've got about eight weeks to go. Uh, the tour of Merseyside is 52 miles run over the course of a week in six races. It starts with a half marathon on the Sunday and it finishes with a 12 mile uh, coastal run on the following Sunday. Wednesday is a night off and the other races are mostly fairly flat but multi-terrain ranging in distance from five to ten miles. The last time I took part in the tour which was in 2017 I far exceeded my expectations. I managed to win my age category and I even set a five mile PB and a 10 mile PB during the course of the week which was a bit of a surprise. I've got far lower expectations of how I might do this time around. Um, as many of you know from previous contributions if nothing else um, I've had a bit of an injury plagued time over the last few years so I'm really just hoping to get through the week in one piece enjoy it, get used to racing again because I haven't done any of that since last March. Um, the tour is quite a small event but the half marathon that it starts with um, is an external race organised by someone else so there will be in theory quite a few people at that one. I've been training quite hard using the 80-20 heart rate training method which um, I adopted back in the autumn and it's going really well. Um, it really seems to suit me. Um, so I thought I'd say just a little bit about that. Um, because training for multi-day events, we have to run three days on the trot. You get Wednesday off and then the second three races. Um, so it's all about learning how to maximise your resources, recover well um, and keep going on tired legs, particularly on the final day. Um, so I'm doing quite a lot of back-to-back -back running and the 80-20 method really lends itself to this because 
so much of the running is done at low heart rate effort. So for those that are in the know, zones one and two. Um, it's quite a high mileage uh, for me, at least. Um, I'm building up now to sort of uh, 30 miles uh, over the course of a week, perhaps a bit more now as I head into the sort of peak training phase. And I'm running six days a week, which I've never done before, um, even in my um, previous tour training days and then training for London Marathon in 2018. I've never run for more than five days a week and I was nervous about introducing the sixth run. But it's a really easy one. It's a recovery run, about four miles normally. I really enjoy it and um, so far it's, it's, it's been okay. I'm not sure I'll stick with six days uh, once the tour's over, but it's quite nice to sort of file it away in the back of my head and, and know that it is something I can turn to if, if the need arises. Um, I'm really enjoying using 80-20. It, it takes a lot of the pressure off in terms of performance and pace because on any given day, you just look at what your heart rate's telling you um, and work with it. So there are days when I'm a bit tired and it's all a bit slow. Um, and then there are other days when you, you, know, you feel full of beans, full of energy, um, and it goes really well. I find the interval workouts um, suit me as well. I quite like interval training. I know that makes me a bit unusual amongst some fetches, but I really like running fast, even if it's not for very long. Um, but the way that 80-20 presents itself um, also is really good. The recoveries tend to be a little bit longer, so you can really sort of power through um, the, the intervals. And there's also um, a nice run each week which uses um, a chunk of time in zone three, which is where a lot of us actually feel quite comfortable running. Um, and um, so that one is always a nice one to, to slot in as well. Um, so, so far, so good. As I say, I've got about eight weeks to go. I'm aiming to um, hopefully do a little bit of recording during the week itself so that I can update you at the end as to how it's all gone. But I am actually, as it gets closer, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to challenging myself again and seeing how I cope uh, a few years older, a few years down the line. Um, let's see what happens. OK, take care, Fetchies, and hopefully speak to you again soon. Thanks, Autumn Leaves. Um, I'm in the same position, albeit like a little further uh, down the the chart in the, um I'm currently sort of aiming for three days a week, but contemplating adding that fourth run. Um, and it is a, a bit nerve wracking to think about putting that extra one in when you're used to having at least one rest day after each one. So going from uh, five to six or, you know, from any number to the, the next one up is, yeah, it, you sort of, you don't want to, you don't want to rock the boat and you don't know whether or not you're capable of it. So I, I get that. Um, but well done. Um, it, we didn't listen to it beforehand. So it's a, it's a shame that you weren't already at the tour of Merseyside, but it looks like it's a, a good event and we look forward to hearing more from you when you get there, hopefully. Yeah, and it's nice to hear people planning for events, looking forward to them, um, and and hearing basically that event organisers are managing to to get things sorted out and put things on that are safe and people can feel comfortable at. So, um, yeah, we look forward to hearing more from you. Thanks very much. 
Yeah, it looks like um, we're sort of carrying on adding in more and more events now for the rest of this year. Um, I looked it up last week and I think from from last week onwards, there was something like 1,500 events, non-virtual ones planned for the rest of uh, this year, which is pretty awesome. So yeah, let's no, hope, that's good. hope they all go ahead. Yeah, excellent. We haven't talked about the controversial parkrun uh, issues this week, have we? And maybe it's uh, best yeah. avoided. Uh, well, I had a core team meeting on Friday evening, and um, we we kind of talked through the sort of various worries and problems that we have um, for Bedford Parkrun, um, and I think there are there are things that are going to be very doable, and there are going to be things that are a bit more tricky in terms of. The logistics and social distancing in particular I think um, but I think we'll get there I think that's the feeling in the core team at the moment is we'll get there we've just got to get our heads around it and what we don't want is for it to be something that is a lot more work for any one person or any one group of people mm-hmm. um, and and also that there isn't too much more equipment, really. We already have quite a lot of equipment at Bedford. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're looking at ways of reducing the bulk of that. Um, but what I would say to you all out there listening is if you want Parkrun to come back and you're one of those, I'm desperate to be running this regularly, then please put yourself down to volunteer as much as you can in the first few months. Mm. Don't look to run every week. Please put yourself down to volunteer as much as you can because that is how we're going to get this sustainably going again. Because at the moment, if we were to rely on the kind of core, not just the, the core core, but the, the, the those super volunteers that turn up and regularly volunteer, uh, I, mean, I don't even know the number of those at Bedford, but there are faces that come time and again uh, mm. week in week in week out and run occasionally <coughs> and if you're not one of those don't think that I'm saying you have to become one of those but what I am saying is volunteer more because yeah. we we the burden is going to be bigger and the more people that can volunteer the easier it's going to be and so the more likely we'll get through the restart without the core teams falling over and if you didn't know this one of the things that's got to happen is all of the tokens have to be washed every week Mm. Um, and all of the high-vis has to be washed every week. So that's a volunteer role that you could do and run. But you could say, I'm going to take this one on the chin and I will wash all of the high-vis once a month or I'll wash all of the tokens. And washing the tokens, you think, I'll chuck them in a bucket, rinse them around with some antibacterial that's fine. It's the drying them and, and putting them back together again once they're dry. It is mm. a bit of a task. So, yeah. Can I ask a, um, a question from someone who hasn't really sort of spent a long time thinking about it? So mm. excuse me if it's a, one that you, you know, roll your eyes at. But if uh, this is because of the virus and everything like that, then would the virus not have died within the space of the week from one yeah i would say i would say that's very very likely um and i would also say um 
that the evidence is showing that it's more of an airborne thing rather than a touch point thing. Mm. But these are the stipulations being laid down. So by, this is HQ. Yeah, saying, this is not yeah. us going, oh, let's wash everything. This is um, HQ and risk assessments and landowners, yeah. I believe, yeah. who want certain things in place. Yeah. So it sounds like you've had a um, good communications with um the council over the very good and everything. very yeah. very good the yeah. the bedford borough i won't mention the name of the person particularly involved but um the communication has been very good yeah. and the meetings have been positive and yeah i'd say it's been excellent i from that point of view i think the communication from from there has been great yeah awesome yeah I mean, it's it would be nice to think that that's happening all over the place so yeah yeah good cool well i think that's us for mm. for this week so yeah. thank you autumn leaves for your contribution and uh thank you to everybody who's listened and left us a comment so don't forget to subscribe to the podcast if you enjoy it on we're on itunes and spotify and a couple of other places as well um leave your comments at fetcheveryone.com forward slash podcast and if you'd like to do us a little recording about literally anything, um, then grab your smartphone, make a little recording somewhere quiet and send it to podcast at fetcheveryone.com and we'd love to hear from you. Um, but that's about it, unless you've got anything further to add, Katie. Nothing further. All right. Thanks, folks. We'll see you in the funny pages. Bye. Okay, bye. mystery fetchy was Mr. Happy G. Did you guess? <laughs>